your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, March 17, 2021. Your boy Q here. As always, you know you can find me on Twitter, as many of you do, at your boy Q254. And of course, you can always hit up the Locked On Raider podcast, voicemail line 707-654-4693. And on Tuesday, a lot of you hit up the Locked On Raiders podcast, voicemail line. Got a big show for you today. Got a lot to get to in a short amount of time. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Before I really get into today's episode, I did want to give you an update real quick from uh, Obi-Wan Raiders uh, wife, Mr. and Mrs. Jordan. You can find her on Twitter at Mr. and Mrs. Jordan 2. And uh, she wanted to give an update. And if you've been following along, listening to the past couple episodes, uh, Obi-Wan Raider is in uh, in the hospital in ICU. He had a stroke. And so uh, really praying for him. He's one of our Lockdown Raider podcast brothers. And of course, more importantly, he's a, he, he's a father. He's a husband. You know, he's a member of Raider Nation, of course. But I mean, just life is a real deal thing, man. It's a real deal situation. And so Obi-Wan Raider really uh, fighting for his life right now but she wanted to give me an update. She tweeted at me and sent me a message, said, uh, just got to the hospital, just talked to the nurse. Obi is heavily sedated right now. His seizures are under control. His fever is down. The doctor is ordering an EEG to see if he's having seizures while being sedated. Everything else has stayed the same. I'm going to continue to thank God for the little improvements he is showing. So, that is from Obi-Wan Raider's wife, at Mr. Mrs. Jordan 2 on Twitter. So if you want to go ahead and send her a message, let her know that, you know, thoughts or prayers are with her and the family, uh, definitely do so. So, uh, yeah, again, sometimes life just takes takes over, and it's bigger than the Raiders, it's bigger than sports, and definitely want to show our love to Obi-Wan Raiders. So uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the show, because like I said, got a lot to get to and don't have a long time to do it. Got a short amount of time, so let's go ahead and hop right into it. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast, voicemail line 707-654-4693. I had a, a laundry list, probably about four or five calls and texts that I wanted to get to that I wasn't able to get to on Tuesday's show, but after the news that broke later on in the day in Tuesday, uh, got a lot a lot of feedback, a lot of feedback on the same subject, and so I'm uh, going to kind of scatter shoot throughout the calls, but I got a lot of calls and a lot of texts. Going to try to get to as many as possible coming up on today's show. I'll we'll have to continue to cycle them in as far as uh, throughout the course of the week. Segment number two, going to talk about the thoughts of this offseason and the overall direction of the team now that they are in year four with John Gruden, and this offseason for sure, in my opinion, is definitely a head scratcher after the big news that happened on Tuesday that we'll get to in a few minutes, but just kind of want to talk about the team in general want to talk about where it looks like that they're at where the state of the franchise is at least from my eyes and look I'm not the end-all be-all I'm not in the building but just a lot of confusing transactions a lot of confusing things going on right now with the silver and black so talk all things about that in segment number two not going to try to go scorch earth on you not trying to you know bring down the house or whatever like that but also not looking through it at uh, silver and black glasses and rainbows and puppy dogs so there's a lot of questions that need to be answered and I got a lot of questions myself so we'll talk about that in segment number two here in segment number one well, just give you the news and the notes of the day. And, of course, the, the biggest news that rolled out Tuesday afternoon was about Raiders center Rodney Hudson being released. Blew my mind. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. It was an initial tweet from Ian Rappaport from NFL Network, and I thought, 
Whoa, hold on. Now, that was not the news I was expecting to see today. Uh, Rodney Hudson started 79 of 80 games the past five seasons for the Raiders. He was the best pass-blocking center in the NFL. He's owed $9.9 million in cash in 2021. Uh, This whole thing, to me, really didn't make a whole lot of sense. He was the anchor of that offensive line. Just seems really, really strange. But uh, the report comes out, and now it's nothing's official yet. The Raiders didn't tweet out saying, hey, we released Rodney Hudson. But the report is out there. So his dead cap number... $15 $15 million. Again, another reason why this doesn't make sense. It's basically going to cost them $2 million in projected cap space just by releasing them. Uh, now, if they posted a June 1st designation, it's going to save them $6.4 million on the cap, and then they'll have to split it up against two years. But either way you look at it, still, it's not like they did it to save a whole bunch of money. You know what I mean? And think about this. Rodney Hudson had 3,445 pass-blocking snaps and only allowed three sacks since 2015. That was according to Pro Football Focus. And look, his backup, Andre James, he's a much younger dude, 24 years old. He filled in for Hudson when he was out that one game. He's a lot cheaper. $900,000 is what he's supposed to make. Less than that, $900,000 is what he's supposed to make in 2021. And then he's going to be a free agent. But either way you look at it, man, I don't know if you're just ready to go ahead and say, hey, you're going to be the anchor of this offensive line. I'd like to think that they have a bigger plan. But right now, You just can't really tell what in the world the Raiders have going on and what their plan is moving forward. But, uh, yeah, Rodney Hudson, that was the big news. Center Rodney Hudson being released or reportedly being released by the Raiders. Vic Tafer, he put out a great piece on The Athletic basically saying that John Gruden is now on plan C with building this team. You can go ahead and check that out if you want to. Again, it's on The Athletic. According to the piece, Rodney Hudson actually asked for the release and said he would void his $3.5 million that became guaranteed if they were to release him. And so the Raiders, instead of trying to convince him to stick around, said, okay, no problem. Also, some highlights from that piece. Hudson had been frustrated by the experience of only one winning season since coming over from the Chiefs as a, as a free agent. Uh, also, the Raiders are letting Denzel Good test the market. Basically, they're trying to put the squeeze on everybody on the offensive line, including Gabe Jackson, tried to ask him to restructure. He didn't want to do it, so they threatened him with they're going to release him. So it's just kind of like, hey, they're trying trying to squeeze every single penny out of everyone, trying to go cheap on everyone, and that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. It's not a good look for anyone that you're trying to bring in as a free agent. Oh, by the way, Kyle Long, who met with the Raiders on uh, on Monday and then stayed around on Tuesday and worked out for him, he left the building without a deal. Now, that doesn't mean that he can't come back, but he did leave. Uh, he's going to Kansas City next, and you know the Raiders are still in the mix, but as far as I'm concerned, if they really, really wanted him, they would have put the full-court press on him and made sure that he didn't leave the building but he left the building, how he's on to Kansas City, and who knows if he ends up signing there or he goes back to Vegas and signs with the Raiders. But I'll tell you, the way that the Kansas City Chiefs are trying to rebuild that offensive line and make sure Patrick Mahomes never runs around like he did in that Super Bowl, never has that kind of struggle again, I don't believe that he'll be back. I do believe he'll either sign with Kansas City or somewhere else. I think the Raiders made a mistake by letting him out unless they just weren't that high on keeping him. So that's something to monitor. But Kyle Long met with the Raiders, worked out for him, and then left town without a deal. They were, however, able to hold on to one of their own, of course, to Alex Marvez. He put this out pretty late on a Tuesday night. The Raiders are re-signing linebacker Nicholas Morrow, which is a good deal because he was a guy that a lot of Raider Nation was looking forward to holding on to or was hoping that they were going to be able to hold on to since he was one of the better players defensively for the Raiders. So Nicholas Morrow, he sticks around or looks like he's going to be sticking around. Details of the of the deal are not out there yet, but uh, Nicholas Morrow is going to be back with the Silver and Black in 2021. Uh, also, the Raiders lost a guy in free agency. The Browns, they signed Tack McKinley. Remember when Tack McKinley was brought over and the Raiders picked him up off waivers and he didn't do anything for the Raiders? They put him on IR and John Gruden had high hopes for him. Remember they said, oh yeah, we're going to let him get healthy and then we'll bring him back. Well, he signs a one-year deal, $4.25 million with the Browns. So 
So basically, they paid for him, put him on IR, and then let him leave and didn't do anything. So it's just like he got healthy for another team. So again, another strange move. Not too sure exactly what the direction they decided to go with that. But um, yeah, just one day after the Raiders and Unique Ngakwe agree on a two-year deal thinking, okay, now you're starting to turn things around for the defensive side of the ball. Now all of a sudden, the offensive line, who I had a lot of confidence with, even with Gabe Jackson being gone and, and thinking that he was going to be gone. Richie Incognito thinking he was going to be gone. Had a lot of confidence still that they were going to be able to piece that together. Trent Brown already traded to the Patriots, but now it's kind of like, wait a minute, what is the plan here? So now all of a sudden the offensive line, which was a really, really strong point for the Raiders, really looks like it's suspect and is going to be very, very young in 2021. But we'll get into that conversation and really the direction of the team, kind of the state of the team from my eyes. You know, not saying anything from inside the building, but from my eyes, we'll do that in segment number two. And oh, by the way, today is the day when, well, the new league year starts, you know, coming up at 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central Time and 1 o'clock on the West Coast. That's actually when these moves can become official. You know, nothing's official with Gabe Jackson. Nothing's official with Rodney Hudson. Nothing is official with Unique Ngakwe until, well, later on today. These releases could have been official now, but they're not yet. But uh, Unique Ngakwe could not be official till later on this afternoon. So that's when you'll see the Raiders put out a tweet saying, we have signed Unique Ngakwe, two years, $26 million deal. However they want to word it, that could become official today and the new league year actually gets started. So uh, they're still moving and shaking. That needs to happen. The Raiders, they feel like they have a plan or they think they have a plan. According to Vic Tafer, it's plan C, <laughs> which makes me shake my head in its, in its own right. But uh, I mean, it is what it is. So if you haven't checked out that piece on The Athletic by Vic Tafer, make sure you do so. I thought it was really Really, really good pieces basically saying Gruden is now on plan C with building this team. That's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Segment number two, we'll be talking all things Raiders and the state of the team. And do I think they have a plan? That's all coming up in the next segment. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about the Built Bar. I've been telling you about Built Bar for a long time, letting you know that they're amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great taste of protein bar, right? 100% covered in chocolate. Well, the Built Bar Madness Challenge is going on. It's been going on for a while. Uh, today's matchup is peanut butter versus coconut puff in the sweetest 16 round, and the winner is going to move on to the enticing eight to take on mint brownies. So uh, there's a lot of good flavors that have rolled out, some that I've had, some that I haven't had, and some that you might have had. So go ahead and get your vote on. Go to BuiltBar.com or Twitter at Bar underscore Built to get your vote on. And remember, when you're on the website, BuiltBar.com, and you're trying to re-up and get some more bars, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. And make sure you check back to see who won today's matchup and who's going to become one step closer, at least, to the best-tasting protein bar. That's all from BuiltBar.com. Segment number two is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Got to talk about the big elephant in the room, which is what is the plan? What is the goal? What is the end results here? Uh, we saw the Raiders make a lot of moves before the tampering period opened up, so they had a lot of salary cap space. They were at $40 million with the ability to get up to even close to $50 million, maybe even a little bit more than that. We saw them go out there and make one agreement. You saw Unique Ngakwe and the Raiders come to an agreement on a two-year, $26 million deal. That's all guaranteed. Okay, great. Well, they still have plenty of space. And then all of a sudden on Tuesday, the news comes down about 
Rodney Hudson, which just, again, still blows my mind. And I'm not saying that he had to be the center for the Raiders forever. I mean, obviously, he's 32 years old, so he's going to going to be replaced at some point, and the NFL's a business. You know that it's just about getting younger and cheaper all the time. They're always looking for a cheaper replacement. I said that on the podcast not too long ago. There's always a cheaper replacement that the league is looking for, and, and teams and organizations are always looking to replace the players with a younger, cheaper version of themselves. And so, okay, get that. I get that point totally. You know, Gabe Jackson – I, I get that point. I, I was actually surprised that they held on to him as long as they, they did. I thought that he was going to be gone a year ago. He stuck around. Richie Incognito, he's coming off an Achilles injury. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Trent Brown, he wasn't available. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. All these moves that they were making outside of Rodney Hudson made a whole lot of sense because there was one reason or the other why, okay, you can see them moving on from him. You see him bringing Ngakwe. Okay, great. They need defensive help. So what else are they going to do? They've been holding on to Marcus Mariota. He was a guy that a lot of people talked about either trading him or releasing them was going to free up about $10 million in space. Clearly, they want to hold on to him. It looks like they want to hold on to him and try to restructure his deal, and he's not budging, so now he's still on the roster. It just seems like there's so much confusion, like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing, and that's where my problem comes in. That's where the struggle comes in, and look, I know it's only March 17th. It's the very beginning of the new league year. It's not like the season is starting tomorrow, and they have to know who their 53 men are going to be on the roster. They don't. They have plenty of time to put this thing together, but you know, the draft's right around the corner. You've got to have some kind of idea what you're going to do, what you really need in the draft, who you're going to draft and you know, who you're going to bring in, what uh, talent you're looking at. I mean, you've got to be able to have some kind of consensus and some kind of idea, not to mention you want to know, you know, who your core guys are going to be that are still on the roster that you can build around. And Rodney Hudson, to me, was a core guy that you build around. You know, he was the anchor of that offensive line. So to see him gone or at least reported to be gone is very strange to me. Now, Andre James, again, I mentioned in segment number one, 24 year old dude. He's making less than $900,000 this year. Okay. Okay, fine. But, you know, with all these guys, and this is something that Cofield and company asked me a couple weeks ago when I was on ESPN Las Vegas. They said, Q, are you concerned about the culture there with the Raiders? And I said, nah, you know, I think that's kind of overblown. I think a lot of uh, players are talking about things like that when they leave. You know, they were talking about John Feliciano uh, talking about Gabe Jackson being released and how happy he must have been. And, you know, different reports from different players like Trent Brown being traded to the the Patriots and how excited he was to go. So they said, well, you know, something about the culture. And I thought, nah, you know, I think that that's just something that's a little bit of extra hype. But you start to look at it and you start to wonder like, well, what is really going on? You know, Nelson Aguilar, he leaves. He, he ends up going to New England. Of course, he got paid. But, you know, there was rumblings that he wasn't too happy with the, the culture there with the Raiders. And that, that C word is becoming bigger and bigger by the day. So my question is, how do you continue to try to build a team and build the team into the culture of winning if you don't have real deal players that want to stay there? You know, that... That is a big issue, you know, and the Raiders are struggling to hold on to their own. Denzel Good, you know, in, in Vic's piece, he's talking about Denzel Good was lowballed by the Raiders, and that's why he's on the open market right now. And that is a bad look. If you have a guy that goes out there and plays at a minimum deal, and then he, uh, you know, he earns it, he earns a, a contract extension, and you don't give it to him, and you lowball him, that's just, you know, that, that's a bad look. And I know that uh, all teams are trying to save a buck here or there because of uh, the salary cap this year and everything, but that guy earned his money. He should, no doubt about it, not even hit free agency. They should have gone ahead and gave him an extension and made him happy because he earned that. Again, I'm all for paying guys that go out and earn it. Now, all of a sudden, they're on the outside looking in and saying, okay, well, maybe you know he goes out there and tests the market, and maybe we'll have to try to try to match it or try to beat whatever offer he gets, and then we can hold on to him. I mean, that's, that's not a good way. You shouldn't gamble. I know you're in Vegas, but you shouldn't gamble. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not with a guy that was a good soldier for you like that. And that just kind of shows you a lack of appreciation. So, you know, the question that I, I 
received a lot on uh, on Tuesday after the news about Rodney Hudson dropped. It's like, okay, Q, well, what's the big picture? What's the big plan? And I wish that I could read minds, but I can't. So I, I can't tell you exactly what the, the, the big plan is or what the big move is going to be. In my gut, my gut feeling, which is all I ever roll with, I feel like that they have, they got to have something, right? They've got to have some big idea of what they're about to do. Like they have a big move that they're about to make. At least it feels like they have a big move that they're about to make. I don't know if it has to do with Derek Carr. I don't know if it has to do with the quarterback position. I don't know if it has to do with a defensive player that they think is the guy that's going to help put them over the edge. I'm not sure. And I don't want to try to speculate and I'm not trying to start no rumors. Uh, I would never do that but I just feel like and I I guess I want to give the team the benefit of the doubt and say that they've got to have some kind of big plan right but then again it doesn't look like it and if you go back and I I talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago or at least a week ago you go back to when John Gruden got to the Raiders you know his his plan that he told everyone was that he was going to sign Mac and they're they're going to go win a Super Bowl in in Oakland and that didn't happen and then they went and they they traded Mac they got all these draft picks and they were going to rebuild this thing in John Gruden's image and, and what he had in mind and well it just hasn't shook out yet so that was a plan okay great I'm okay with that so if that's what the idea was, go go execute it. But it just hasn't been executed. You know, you had a lot of salary cap space and you haven't done a whole lot with it. So I, as much as I just want to give the team the benefit of the doubt and say that they know what they're doing, they're professionals, you know, they got a lot of smart minds in there. I'm not 100% convinced of that. And that's what's scary because so many of Raider Nation have been just riding with this team on blind faith, on the faith that this team at some point was going to get back to just win, baby, and commitment to excellence. I say it every day at the end of the, the podcast, right? Most importantly, just win, baby. Well, the problem is the Raiders haven't had enough just winning to, to really show that the fan base why, you know, why you should be a fan of the Raiders. And I'm not saying that they need to appease their fan base. I mean, they got to do what they got to do for them. But there is a huge portion of the fan base that has never seen this team as a winner. Never. You know, I bring up my son all the time. He's only a Raider fan because I'm a Raider fan. He's never seen him win a Super Bowl. Hell, I barely saw him win a Super Bowl. I was seven when they won a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, he's riding on blind faith because I'm riding with him. You know, and that's how a lot of the fan base is. At what point are the Raiders going to reward the fan base for their loyalty and, and the way that they cut for him and the way that, I mean, hell, Raider Nation will go out and fight any fight for him. They'll go out and in the parking lot and fight for him. Hell, Raider Nation is fighting amongst themselves on Twitter because they're trying to defend the moves that the, the team is making and other guys are like, hell no, these guys don't have a plan. And so that's, you know, dividing the fan base. And again, it's not all about the fan base, but I just try to make it as simple as possible. You know, a lot of times you can see what teams are trying to do. Like the Kansas City Chiefs, they lost the, the Super Bowl. So what did they do? one of their major issues was the offensive line. So they went out and addressed it. You know, they're going out and making major moves to make sure that they can solidify that offensive line so Patrick Mahomes does not have to run for his life again. The New England Patriots, they went 7-9. and nine. They had a terrible season. They didn't have any weapons. Bill Belichick is rolling out the dough to go ahead and make sure that there's weapons. You know, they, they're trying to build that team up. And I'm not saying that just going out and spending a ton of money in free agency is going to guarantee that your team's going to be really good, but you can see that they're addressing the issues. You can see what the plan is. You know, there's teams that are making moves. And, and, and then there's the Raiders, and you just kind of figure, like, you see Yannick Ngakwe, and okay, you're going to try to help build up the defense. So you take a step forward. And then all of a sudden, now your offensive line, you're, you're going to release your center, who's your anchor. Now you're taking two steps back because the offensive line was the solid part of the team. And, and I've been feeling really comfortable and confident that even with Trent Brown gone, even with Gabe Jackson's gone, and even with Richie Incognito's gone, the Raiders' offensive line was still going to be solid. They were going to have Colton Miller, who's solid. He's, he's obviously in line for a contract extension. And they were going to have Rodney Hudson. Then somebody, and I thought it was going to be Denzel Good because 
because I thought they were going to do right by him, which they haven't, which really bothers me. It really, really bothers me when someone works their tail off for you and gives you everything they got and you basically crap on them. That bothers me. That bothers me in real life. That bothers me in football. That bothers me in everything. If someone's going to dedicate everything they got and bust their tail so you are in a better position, then damn it, treat them right. Treat them right. Show them some damn respect. And if you try to lowball Denzel good after he busted his tail for you, that's just a disrespect. So that bothers me, you know, and, and then I thought, OK, John Simpson, I still think because he was the fourth round pick out of Clemson, he's going to slide into a spot. OK, great. What else are you going to do? You know, what I mean, who else do you have there? And so now you have guys and I'm not saying that this is the move, but you have guys like Russell Wilson that is or at least his agent saying that, hey, the Raiders are one of the teams that I'd go to if I was going to be traded. You know why he said that? Because the offensive line. The way that they protect Derek Carr, he hasn't had that kind of protection in Seattle, and that's what he wants. You think that he wants the offensive line that the Raiders have now with Colton Miller and maybe John Simpson and maybe Andre James, and then who knows, right tackle is going to be wide open and looks like right guard will probably be wide open as well. And then on top of that, they don't really treat their guys the way they're supposed to treat them. And another thing about this is John Gruden is an offensive guy. The offensive line is, is part of the offense. You know, now it's one thing when he ignores the defense. That's fine because you get that. You understand that from him. He's an offensive guy. But the offensive line is so critical. Games and championships are won in the trenches, both offensively and defensively. If you need more evidence, go back to the last Super Bowl. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they dominated the offensive line and the defensive line. And that's why they won the game. Simple as that. Kansas City couldn't block them, and, and, and they just dominated things. And so, well, there you go. Tampa Bay comes away with the Super Bowl. I mean, if you need evidence, you can go through every Super Bowl and see a solid offensive line and a solid defensive line that wins the game. Simple as that. I mean, it's really it's not rocket science. It really isn't. So with him all of a sudden dismantling the offensive line, do I think that there's a plan there? I, I, I like I said, want to go out on a, on a limb and say, yeah, absolutely, there's a, there's a plan there. I just don't know what the plan is. I just really don't. And a lot of Raider Nation has asked me, man, called me, texted me, tweeted me, whatever. Q, what's the plan? What do you see here? Is, is Deshaun Watson coming to, to Vegas? Well, if you can't block for him, it's not going to matter. If Russell Wilson's in Vegas, you can't block for him, it's not going to matter. And, and, and on top of that, what about Derek Carr? Even if he's the quarterback moving forward, which I do think he's going to be, what's he going to do? You, you get frustrated with the checkdowns that he does now? He's really going to have to do that because he ain't going to have nobody blocking for him unless they have some master plan to rebuild this offensive line. And the good thing, again, it's only March 17th. It's not August 17th. It's not September 1st. It's not, you know, the regular season's not starting right now. But, man, I'll tell you, it sure is a, it's a scary thought. It's a scary thought on where are they going? Where are they going with this, and why are they making this team look like it's a rebuild team instead of a team that's right on the cusp of the playoffs? I mean, they were 8-8. Eight and eight. They were right there, a couple games here, a couple games there, and they're in the playoffs in 2020, and now all of a sudden it almost feels like they're trying to rebuild again. Like, you don't rebuild the rebuild. Is this like the rebuild of the rebuild? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to do that. So this has got me really scratching my head confused. And so Raider Nation, when you ask me the question of what's going on, I'm, I'm turning it right back on you and asking you, what the hell's going on? I got my hands up as well. I'm not panicking. I'm not hitting the panic button. I don't want anyone to think that. I'm not jumping off the cliff or anything. But I'll tell you, I don't have the answer to talk you off the ledge. I don't. I, I, and I, I wish I did. You know what I mean? I wish I did, but I'll never blow smoke up your backside and never try to make it sound like, you know, something is, is better than it is and, and, and give it to your rosy and, you know, look through silver and black glasses and talk about rainbows and puppy dogs. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep it real, tell you what it is. And right now, there's a big, huge question mark on what the hell is going on with the state of the organization of the Raiders. I, I don't have the answer. Free agency is really just getting kick-started today. Tampering period is going to be over at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Unless they really get out there and get active and possibly make some trades, 
they don't have a lot of draft capital right now. They only have six draft picks. So I can't imagine that they're going to be giving up a whole lot of draft capital to make some trades. I, I just, I don't see the dots connecting. It's one of those puzzles that you have when you're, you know, sitting at the, at the restaurant and, and you're on the kids menu, you're looking at the kids menu and they have one of those where you're supposed to connect the dots and you'll see an image or something. I can't connect the dots and see the image. I don't see the image with the dots. I'm thoroughly confused. So I guess that's a long way of telling you that I don't have the answer and I hope that the image appears soon. It needs to appear soon. It is really, really lost in the woods right now. I don't know exactly what's going on and it's a, it's a scary thought because if this ends up being a rebuild season for the Raiders, then Mark Davis is going to have to sit down and really ask John Gruden what the hell is going on and really have to decide of what he wants to do and what he wants his franchise to do as far as the way that they're going to move forward. And he's going to have to step up and make some tough decisions. But I know that he'll have this season to at least prove what his plan is. Mike Mayock, he, he's got to feel it, man. His seat's got to be super hot because he'll be the fall guy before Gruden is. So Mike Mayock, I don't know if he's sitting there thinking, what in the world are we doing? You know, and, and I like Mayock a lot, but right now, so far, all he is is a great personality on television and not really a great GM. John Gruden, right now, great personality on TV, not a great personnel guy. Good coach, not a great personnel guy. Again, really a more of a personality on TV at this point, which is a problem. So that's all I got for you for segment number two, today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag and, uh, of course, college basketball. March Madness right around the corner gets started later on this week. If you want to get your gamble on with that, it is a great time of year to do it. But that's not all. NBA's here. Of course, hockey's here. Uh, UFC has a card just about every week. You can get your gamble on with that. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. Open up a free account today. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus, which means if you put $100 in or $200 in, you're going to get 50% of that as well on top of it. So $200 in, you're going to have $300 to play with total. So just like that, no matter what you put in, you're going to get that 50% welcome bonus. Again, uh, LOCKEDON is a promo code you use when you open up a free account at betonline.ag. If you're on social media, check them out at betonline underscore ag. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. One more time for the people in the back row, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Got a lot of them. 707-654-4693. Let's go to Craig from Montana. He's calling to talk about the offensive line, in particular Richie Incognito, and the overreaction of the guys that they have let go. This was prior to the news about Rodney Hudson. So here he is, Craig from Montana. What up, Q? This is Craig. Calling in from Montana. Just moved here from Alaska. But I've been listening. Just wanted to talk about... uh Everybody getting mad about us releasing offensive linemen. I love Richie Incognito. I hope they bring him back. But 38, coming off an Achilles. And I know it's not an Achilles, his bone spurs, I guess, in his ligament. But still, they could say, they, they say 5.7 releasing him. If they can get him back for 3 million, he save 2.7. I mean, that's a first round draft pick, right? So you just, that's about how much you're going to have to pay your first round draft pick. And Trent Brown, I love Trent Brown too. I mean, I feel like everybody gave him a lot of sh- when it's like he did gain weight and he stopped playing hard this last season, but the Raiders medical staff almost killed him. Like you put an air into a, a man's bloodstream, like there's a problem. I'm not mad at him that he left. I hope he does well. 
he at least gave us that game where they dominated the Bears, and I got to see him pancake Mac and incognito on top of Mac talking shit. Like, that made me happy. But as far as it goes, I just want Denzel Good back. And then, like, I really like that Tevin Jenkins guy. I know I've been listening to you, and you like some, you like other people, but you want Christian Darrison. But Tevin Jenkins has already played on the right side, like, and he's a mauler. He's a little bit smaller than Brown, but he's still a mauler. And I think for Tevin Jenkins there, for Denzel Good on the right, hopefully bring back Incognito. And if one of them go down, then I'm, we got Lester Cotton and John Simpson. I believe in those two. And Tom Cable to, to help him out. And I want to see Andre James play more than just backup center. Like, but other than that, I want John Johnson as a free safety. I don't care what the Raiders got to pay for him. He wore the green dot for L.A. to be a leader in that back end and get Abram going. And not, not finally not seeing no deep ball going over the corner's heads anymore. I believe in our net. I kind of want to see a veteran corner brought in, but I don't want to see him take playing time from Mullen or Arnett, but I don't think Amik Robinson's there yet. I like Isaiah Johnson a lot, too, but that's all I got. Craig, I'm out. There he goes. That's Craig in Montana, and I wanted to point out that that was pre the news about Rodney Hudson being released because he talked about it. You heard him in that call talk about Andre James. He wants to see him more than just play backup center. Well, Craig, you're gonna get your you're gonna get your wish. He's not gonna play backup center. He's gonna be playing center as long as Rodney Hudson does officially get released. Denzel Good, him not being back yet, that kind of bothers me. Uh, again, I want to see more of him. I think he earned it. I'm I'm ashamed of the Raiders for not giving him a contract already and then trying to lowball him. I don't think that that's a good look. And, you know, I know that this this draft is deep. You know, maybe the Raiders are going to go real heavy in the draft as far as offensive line. Who knows? I don't know what the plan is. Like I said in segment number two, Darisaw is a guy that I saw a lot of Raider Nation bring up. I mean, he's not necessarily a guy I'm pounding the table for. I just brought him up because I know he's a first-round guy. Jenkins is really, really good tackle. And, and like I said before, this draft is loaded with tackles, and it's got some guards in there, and there's some guys that can kick in and be guard. I mean, there's a lot of options you have. I'm not saying the sky is falling, and I know a lot of Raider Nation is tripping out, but I, I do like that call, and that's why I wanted to start things off because, again, that was before the announcement of Rodney Hudson is supposed to be released, and still you wanted to see more of Andre James. So uh, that was a good call, and I guess maybe anticipation there. So thank you so much for it. Appreciate you. Next up is a text from Eric from the 401. He says, hey, Q. Eric from the 401 again. I couldn't be more excited to see the Raiders agree to a deal with Unique Ngakwe. Dude's a stud. Not sure if he has that alpha dog personality that our defense is lacking, but he definitely can produce sacks, pressures, and fumbles. Hope we can get one more guy on that D-line. Are there any good D-tackles in this free agent market, or are we better off going one in the draft? Thanks for doing what you do. Love the show. Go Raiders. Eric, appreciate you, my man, and I'm excited about the Unique Ngakwe move as well. think that's going to be good. Something I've been talking about for quite a while. Glad that the Raiders finally pulled that trigger. You know, there was a time when they were interested in trading with the Jags for him, but they didn't want to give up too much. So now they, in a roundabout way, got him anyway. They got their guy, and I do think that D-tackle is something that needs to be addressed, and uh, Dalvin Tomlinson would have been great from the from the Giants. He ended up signing or agreeing to a deal with the Vikings. Um, there's not a lot of great defensive tackles in the draft. There really isn't. I mean, Christian Barmore is probably the one that stands out to everybody, and really, he's a guy that's going to be kind of a project. You know, I, I would like the Raiders to go out and get an established dude. You know, somebody like Tomlinson that you know is going to push that pocket, a guy who's going to eat up blocks, a guy who's going to be able to stop the run. You know, they need that pressure from the inside of the, the interior line, and I don't see that guy out there right now. But, I mean, it's still early, and maybe they go and make a move in free agency. But, uh, yeah, the, the draft is kind of thin when it comes to defense alignment. Offense alignment, boy, there's all kind of guys in the draft. 
Defensive line, like I said, very, very thin. So thank you so much for that text. Appreciate you. Next up is a call from Cy Reezy from the Bay. He's calling to try to talk everyone off the ledge after the news of Rodney Hudson reportedly about to be released. Here he is, Cy Reezy from the Bay. What up? It's your boy Cy Reezy from the Bay. Woo-wee! Man, you must be getting blown up with Raider fans losing their minds over the news that the Raiders are about to cut the best pass-blocking center in football in Rodney Hudson. Well... I thought I'd call just offer a little bit of perspective on this because, you know, everyone's losing their mind over it, and I think it's time to sort of just take a step back and take a deep breath and try to understand what's happening here. So I'm going to try my best. One thing I think to note, first of all, is that the move is not yet official. So before everybody gets too crazy about this, just understand that there's still a possibility that they don't end up cutting Rodney Hudson and that they do find a way to restructure and bring him back, and that this is all just part of their hardball negotiation tactics that they seem to be executing across the offensive line right now. But I think the other move is really about a big-picture plan that's been in the background for some time now, and that's about the Raiders really trying to commit to an outside zone running scheme. Uh, and that's been in play for a number of years. And you, to understand that, you've got to go back – to when Reggie McKenzie came in and built the best Raiders offensive line of the millennium. But that offensive line was really built to be a massive mauling unit that focused on the power run game with a little bit of inside zone and a massive wall to protect Derek Carr. Now, Todd Downing comes in in 2017, and he brings in the outside zone scheme that he brought over from Dallas, and he tries to install that. And we start to see this line play decline a little bit in the run game. Then they double down on that strategy when they bring in Tom Cable and start drafting these outside zone, outside zone linemen in Colton Miller and Brandon Parker. And then you start seeing them try to throw out trade bait for players like Gabe Jackson and moving on from Donald Penn. Now, that still doesn't totally answer the question of why Rodney Hudson, because truth is, Rodney Hudson is very versatile and has the athleticism to be able to get out in space. But I think this is really part of their overall rebuild and strategy because they've got the zone running back in Josh Jacobs, and they're really trying to commit to that scheme. Whether or not that's the right move, it's not really for us to call, but I think one thing you can guarantee is that Derek Carr is going to be getting sacked quite a lot more because you don't go from number one pass blocking and go up from there. That's all I got. There he goes. That's Cy Reezy from the Bay trying to, you know, make sense of uh, what was going on in the report about Rodney Hudson being released, trying to help Raider Nation out uh, and give him an explanation of why. Uh, but, you know, talking about the outside blocking scheme, I mean, I can see a little bit of that, but I think that the Raiders have pretty done a pretty good job as far as uh, the transition to the zone blocking scheme as opposed to the power blocking scheme. Uh, with Hudson, Jackson, and Brown, all those guys are really power blocking guys, but uh, they've been able to make it work. You know, they really did. And then they had a mauler like Richie Incognito. I mean, really, the only true zone blocking guy is Miller, but I think that they did fine with it. You know, I think they did a really good job with it. I don't know if that's the reason why they want to move on from Rodney Hudson. I just think that, you know, again, I want to give the team a benefit of the doubt say that they have a master plan I just don't see what it is but I like the fact that you're you know thinking out loud and you're thinking uh, uh, you know ahead of time and thinking okay this is maybe 
the justification for what they're doing. Uh, again, only time will tell, but I mean, it's, it's a good thought, so I don't want to shoot it down. I just don't know if that's exactly what it is. So thank you so much for that call, man. I appreciate you. Next up, got a text from Paul and Luke in the ATL. Quick one. AQ, hey, Paul and Luke from the ATL here. I know Russell Wilson wants a good offensive line, but Gruden releasing our entire offensive line just to show Carr he's committed to him is probably a bit much. No? Knock on wood if you're with me. That's from Paul and Luke in the ATL. Yeah, that was funny, man. I saw a lot of that uh, on Twitter. I saw a lot of people uh, texting me that, talking about, well, you sure ain't going to go get a Russell Wilson or a Deshaun Watson if you get rid of your whole offensive line. That's the whole reason they'd want to be there. And, I mean, I think Derek Carr's probably hitting up Gruden like, hey, dog, what are you doing? If you remember, Rodney, Rodney Hudson was Derek Carr's guy. I mean, that was his dude, you know. He was talking about that was his best friend, you know. That was the guy that, that uh, you know, he said was the smartest offensive lineman in the league. So uh, I'm sure Derek Carr is probably looking at that like, what in the world is going on? So, uh, yeah, that's all I really got for you on that one. But, uh, yeah, good text, man. Definitely appreciate you. Uh, final call for the show is going to come from Percy out of H-Town, Houston, Texas. He's calling because he's shocked about the reports about Rodney Hudson and his release. Here he is, Percy in Houston. Hey, Q. Hey, this is your boy uh, Percy down here in Houston. Uh, and very uh, shocked and not understanding what's really going on with uh, with our team here, man. Uh, to get rid of Hudson, I read on Twitter some people were talking about, oh, he's past his prime. I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, this guy has clearly um, been our second best player on offense for the past few years. Uh no, very shocked and not really understanding what's really going on. I mean, I understand the money situation, but uh to take that big of a cap hit right now, it makes no sense. I would see if he you had little to no dead money left, I I could maybe understand that, but hey man, uh just just frustrated, man. Like you feel like we take one step forward and take a thousand steps back. Uh but I just want to say one thing. Like, I've never really heard of uh, cap strap problems until we start paying our coach $100 million. All right, man. There he goes. That's Percy out of Houston. And, yeah, man, very confusing move. I mean, going back to my segment number two, very confused. I just – I didn't really have a solid answer. A lot of times I try to kind of reason and not overreact, not not too excited or too down. But right now, this one's just got me, you know, scratching my head, got me really, really confused. I think you said it perfectly, one step forward, two step backs. Now the offensive line is definitely a major concern. They've got plenty of time to get it right, but it's still a major concern. You got the draft, you got free agency, but somehow you got to make that thing solid there's not a team in the league that is going to be really solid without a, a good offensive line I mean seriously if you don't have an offensive line you're going to struggle I mean look at Russell Wilson why do you think he wants out one of the reasons he wants out of Seattle is their offensive line stinks and it stunk for years and he just made things happen well when they had a really good offensive line and they had beast mode running and a great defense they won a Super Bowl since then not so much so you need an offensive line. You need a solid offensive line to get somewhere and, and to really win something that, that means something. So we'll see. Again, the Raiders have plenty of time to get this thing turned around and, and, and figure it out. But right now, a lot of people, including myself, are just scratching our heads wondering exactly what's going on. So that's all I got for you for today's show. Coming up on tomorrow's show, who knows what tomorrow will hold. You know what I mean? Who knows what the rest of today is going to hold. As a matter of fact, as the league year opens up 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central time and 1 o'clock on the West Coast, who knows? 
We do know that Unique Ngakwe, at least that'll be signed, sealed, and delivered sometime today. And who knows what else the Raiders have in store that we may be shocked about, we may be talking about, like, what in the world? Or maybe doing a backflip, like, wow, that was major. That was great. Now I see what they're trying to do. I see them connecting the dots. We'll all know, and we'll talk a little bit more about it later on today, later on tomorrow for sure, uh, on tomorrow's show. So thank you so much for the calls and texts. Uh, still got a text from Reverend Raider. Want to get to that one on tomorrow's show. Big Mike in Oregon. Want to get to that on tomorrow's show. Plus, I got a whole lot more. So until then, Raider Nation, uh, make sure you wash your hands, you know, social distance, take care of yourselves, you know, continue to pray for uh, Obi-Wan Raider in Spring, Texas, his family as he's in uh, ICU right now, and uh, continue to, to correspond with his wife to see how everything is going and give you an update here on the show. But until then, Raider Nation, as always, just win, baby.